0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here with Andrew, as always.
1: Hey, everybody. Happy Halloween.
0: This is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> Do you
1: know what movie that's from?
0: It's from The Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Right, yeah. Which I've actually never seen, but...
1: We've watched it together.
0: Have we? Yeah. Well, it was that memorable then, because I, I didn't like it. I probably.
1: don't like that style of animation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really my thing. It's I,
0: not mine either. I, didn't, if, I, I don't even remember it. So that shows you how much I liked it. Yeah,
1: it's like, it's not even that I don't like Claymation because there's some, there's one Claymation show that I really liked. There's two the uh, Chicken Run.
0: Oh, I didn't like that one. I
1: liked that one. And then the, oh my gosh, there was another TV like show. Something like that. Yeah, something like that, but it was this inventor with his dog.
0: Oh, that sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, I and, don't know
0: what it's called though.
1: So, but we had that on. We had like a big DVD fo- of episodes of that one as a kid. <laughs> anyway, <Yes>. this uh, <laughs> this podcast has <laughs> nothing to do with those things.
0: <laughs> I I don't know because I was thinking this episode is like teensy weensy bit Halloween.
1: Halloween esque. Halloweeny. Halloweenish. Halloween. You can't say Halloweeny because then it just sounds funny.
0: It's funny. It makes me think of a wiener dog.
1: That's what, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, like a like a wiener dog that's dressed up in a Halloween costume.
1: Okay, all that's right. what I think okay. of. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. If you are joining us for the first time, we do not talk about Halloween and claymation all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> our our goal is to help people start conversations in their own families and among their own friends groups about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it applies in their own lives. Right. So today we were wanting to talk about this idea of God being a God of miracles. Yes. And this was a topic Emily and I were discussing. And there was a recent talk or discourse or speech by a member of our church during our last general conference, Elder Not Rasband. this past one. Oh, you're the right. The one two, before. Yeah, April. So, April
0: 2021.
1: Yes. So, from April 2021, there was a talk that really embodied some of the ideas we were talking about, and we went to this talk to kind of, like, study out the ideas a little bit more and decided to share some of our favorite points from it, and can I go from there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... I'll just jump in, then. Is that okay? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So, this talk is called Behold, I Am a God of Miracles. It's by Elder Rasband, or Ronald Ronald Rasband. And
1: it sounds like you need, it needs to be sung.
0: <clears throat> Behold, I am a God of Miracles. No, I
1: feel like it needs to be like, <laughs> a bolsterous voice, like... Behold, I am a god you know, of miracles. You
0: know what you're thinking of and I'm thinking of too? What? Behold the royal army. Oh,
1: you're right. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking song. of.
0: <laughs> okay. There's, and, there,
1: there's probably a song that starts off, Behold, I'm a god of miracles. Maybe. That sounds right. Yeah.
0: Anyways. Um, so there is there are a few parts in here that I really... That really just stood out to me. So I'm going to read some and then we can kind of just...
1: Yeah, it's it's a great talk. We're not really giving an overview. There were just some kind of like doctrinal points from the talk that we really liked. So we're kind of examining these doctrinal points.
0: Right. So um, in the beginning a little bit, he talked about how like... Or at least from what I got of it was that a lot of the times it seems like we are wondering if miracles are still happening because Jesus Christ isn't on the earth anymore and we, we have the New Testament, we have like the scriptures that talk about everything that he did and that share all the miraculous stories and all the parables and all the things that are like miracles after miracles after miracles and sometimes it feels like it just isn't like that anymore or that it can't be. Or that, like, for, for whatever reason, like, because he's not here, that, that, that there are no miracles anymore. Or that they're very rare. Or we don't see them. Um, so he kind of wanted to address that concern. Okay, so he says, Miracles, signs, and wonders abound among followers of Jesus Christ today, in your lives and in mine. Miracles are divine acts, manifestations, and expressions of God's limitless power. And affirmation that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, who created the seas, can calm them. He who gave sight to the blind can lift our sights to heaven. He who cleansed the lepers can mend our infirmities. He who healed the impotent man can call for us to rise up and come with him. Come follow. I just butchered that. He who healed the impotent man can call for us to rise up with. Come follow me. Um... So, first, I like that it kind of gave us a little bit of definition of what a miracle is. And he related it back to, like, the miracles that Jesus Christ performed in in his earthly ministry, mm-hmm. right? It gives this definition There's that a miracle is a divine act or a manifestation, an expression of God's limitless power, an expression of his love. Um, because I think that we... we at least I. I will just say I. I often will think that miracles only mean, like, the the most impossible thing just happened and only, like, the literal power of God could have done it kind of a thing. Like, a life saved or, like, a bringing back from the dead or cancer being cured randomly and, like, all these, like, huge miracle, miraculous type things. Mm-hmm. Or... Like, yeah, basically all the big things. But we can have and see miracles in our day-to-day by looking for expressions of his love and his affirmation to us.
1: Yeah. And I would even suggest... Okay. I wouldn't say argue, but I would say, I would say definitely suggest mm-hmm. that it might not be a more correct way to think... That, oh, well, we just don't have the same types of miracles as we did in the scriptures? I
0: think we do. I just think that we feel like they're not as frequent because when we read the scriptures, that's all the scriptures are.
1: Right, which is what I was going to say. Yeah. I would suggest that the reason doesn't seem like it's as frequent is you are, when you're reading the scriptures, you're basically reading like the highlights. You're yeah. reading the highlight reel. Exactly. Right? And so when... You think about the miracles in your life, it's like sprinkled throughout your entire life, or throughout the lives of your of your, you know, family or your close your mm-hmm. close friends.
0: And the scriptures we're reading back to back to right. back to back.
1: And yeah. if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, even if you have served a mission, you can think of miracles you've seen as a missionary, because you, you might see them in greater frequency as a missionary. Uh, one, because you're probably looking, them, or looking for them more, maybe. Or two, just because you're on the Lord's errand, there's just a greater need for those kind of big miracles. And if you were to take the highlight reel of your mission, it would, like you'd see, have like a bunch of miracles together. But if you were to just look at what happened from day to day, like you're not going to have these big miraculous things happening every single day. Right, Right? there's a lot of like grinding in the middle. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, there's frequently a lot of space between what we would consider big miracles. Now, I think that the Lord's miracles are ever present in our life, um, even if they're not like the big ones that we think of when we look at the scriptures. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and he goes on to say that many of you have witnessed miracles more than you realize. They may seem small in comparison to Jesus raising the dead, but the magnitude does not distinguish a miracle, only that it came from God. Some suggest that miracles are simply coincidences or sheer luck. But the prophet Nephi condemned those who would put down the power, of miracles, power and miracles of God and preach up unto themselves their own wisdom and their own learning that they may get gain. And I think that I have related to this in the past and present probably and that like i i don't maybe give all the credit to like when good things happen to god not that i'm not thankful for them like because i am like thanking like i'm thanking him for it but i'm treating it more of like a blessing from him and not like a miracle and what's the difference he did. i don't know i feel like a miracle is just like if you're calling an act a miracle, I feel like you're like acknowledging his power even more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I, co- I don't
1: know. Totally I, as could soon as wrong. we were talking about as, as soon as we started recording this episode, I'm like, oh, do I really understand what a miracle is? Like what does that actually mean? What does that look like? Like right? how's it different <laughs> from these other things?
0: Yeah. Like is a miracle and a blessing the same?
1: I think all miracles are blessings.
0: Yes. And then maybe are all blessings miracles?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it, it's kind of a semantics thing, honestly. Yeah, I think you're right. I right. think you could say, like, well, all, <clears throat> all blessings are miracles because it's because the fact that we have a, a loving Heavenly Father is a miracle. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say for the sake of this conversation, so this is not saying like it always has to be defined this way, but for the sake of this conversation, we'll say that miracles are... Uh, go back to go back to El- to Elder Raspin's quote that you were sharing mm-hmm. the first one. Let's mm-hmm. see. Miracle signs of- miracles are divine acts, manifestations, and expression of God's limitless power and an affirmation that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm gonna say uh, focus on in on this divine acts slash manifestations and expression of God's limitless power. So in that sense, they're blessings that come about in a means that are extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're blessings that come about in a way that wouldn't come about otherwise. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. I like that. Uh, And so things can be miraculous or can be amazing and and these crazy blessings and actually in actuality are miracles, but they kind of come about in a, a normal, natural way. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of um, a different talk that I can't, I wasn't prepared to talk about, so I don't even know who it was by or when.
1: That's always a good way to start off. I
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think it's called, like, I Believe in Angels, and that angels are all around us, whether they're on this side of the veil or not. So, like, we have people in our lives and on the other side that are performing miracles basically for us that are helping us through this life and that are um basically our, our angels that are uh-huh. Christ's hands trying to help us out. And that just made me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. And so Which is
0: kind of Halloweeny. i,
1: I guess. You a are tiny tiny there you bit. Go. There's tine our tine. Halloween time. We're not like super big Halloween. We people, really aren't. We really so. are not. We, I feel bad for our, our good friends who are very into Halloween. We have a lot yeah. of friends who, like, love Halloween.
0: I just don't like spooky Halloween. I like, like, cutesy Halloween. I don't like scary
1: Halloween. I think Halloween stands in the way of Christmas. And I just want to go on <laughs> so I get to Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Thanksgiving. What did, um... Thanksgiving,
1: in my mind, has been absorbed into Christmas. Yeah. But oh, this is an interesting idea, like, like blessings versus miracles. Mm-hmm and is it worth distinguishing them in our minds and i think perhaps so because so Maybe. that we can identify limitless blessings because it's one thing to identify or yeah, limitless power sorry mm-hmm. not blessings yeah. Yeah. it's one thing to identify blessings because all people can do that like even people who are who are atheists or who are maybe agnostic. Like they can recognize that, Oh, this is a good thing in my life. Like I'm grateful for this blessing.
0: This is a blessing. Even if it's
1: not a blessing from someone, like it's a blessing that I have it.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, Whereas a miracle recognizes that this blessing came by the power of somebody other than my, like other than the regular laws of nature. Mm-hmm. So, like, some person or something intervened to make this happen. Yeah. And this is the fact that that person or thing... And I'm speaking as if it's a your person who are, who's not a, a believer of Christ, right? Like, this person or thing intervened because this person or thing loves me. And we know that when we recognize that it's the Father who's performing these miracles. And so, when there is a miracle in our lives... It's always to bless our lives, and we, when we recognize the fact that it's a miracle, we recognize that He has done something. He, like, He has interacted with us in a way to let us know that He loves us and bless our lives in a way that, in a type of manner that we would not have experienced otherwise. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or am mm-hmm. rambling.
0: No, that makes sense. Cool. Um. Did you have something from the talk? Yeah, so I have a couple
1: things Um, because I
0: found a couple more that I like too. So we'll just bounce back and forth.
1: Cool, cool. So the first thing, if I can pull it up, the Gospel Library kind of all changed and some.
0: I know it's really hard to navigate for me. Yeah. I don't like new things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Takes me a long time to adjust.
1: I don't like new things. That's all. So I'm gonna share. Something from the same one actually, um,
0: from the same quote. The
1: same quote, but okay. I, I'm gonna highlight it from part. part. Okay. So at the end of that's that's the same paragraph you quoted it says, Nephi condemned those who who would put down the power and miracles of God and preach up unto themselves their own wisdom and their own learning that they may get gain. And this has been bugging me for a while because I realized that I it, something I've been working on since college. Like since like my junior year, so like four or five years ago now, uh, I recognized that like the deeper I got into my academic career, the more secularized and academic my approach to the world became, not just to like my academic studies, but to the world. Mm -hmm. My natural inclination was to be academic in my approach, which meant that I'm Constantly questioning the validity of claims, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm constantly searching for alternate explanations. Right. And and yeah. the the real key is or not the real key, but there's this this principle that's used a lot in secular learning called Occam's Razor.
0: Oh yeah, I remember. Which
1: that. means you look for the simplest explanation because the simplest. Explanation is the most likely explanation. Mm-hmm. Because a more complex explanation means that more things have ha- had to happen to make that come to pass. And so, in general, Occam's razor is a, is a good rule of thumb to analyze the situation and to analyze cause and effect relationships. And you also assume that people are not reliable narrators of their own lives and that people are frequently wrong. And unfortunately, if you look at data, like like you look at survey data, people are really bad at accurately describing the world around them. Mm -hmm. So I recognized in myself the tendency to be... Uh, dismissive, or qu- like questioning a of other, especially other people's ex- oh, experiences. Like when you
0: hear about a spiritual experience. Yes, like when you're in when something. you're
1: when you're in Sunday school or you are in a testimony meeting and someone's sharing a spiritual experience. Uh, it's very. I found myself very quickly turning to a an academic explanation where i'm like oh well look they they probably they likely could have done this or that or and i never doubted that god exists or existed or i I don't doubt that god exists and that he's a god of miracles and that he's engaged in our lives but i found myself frequently explaining away the experiences of others Mm -hmm. Um, what
0: about your own experiences though I think, Do you think it was more of a pride thing? Like,
1: I think it bled mine over. Mine are
0: valid, but that person's couldn't be valid. Well,
1: it's it's not even. I, I don't even think that that's. I, I think at first it was that it wasn't necessarily a pride like mine. Mine's valid, but theirs not valid mm. because like they they can't have a spiritual experience as spiritual experiences. <laughs> it's just like I can't be sure of their witness. I can't be sure of... Because you didn't get
0: that witness.
1: Because I didn't have that witness, so I can't know. Uh, So I can trust my own experiences, but I found that as I was so quick to use this academic lens in my interactions with others and hearing their experiences, I began to, in general, be more doubting. Hmm. And to me, that epitomizes what it means to... Preach up unto themselves their own wisdom and their own learning. Right. And I was like, "Oh gosh, I'm so bad." <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and so I was. I, I've been working on that very intentionally.
0: So, is it better, you think, to just believe everything you hear in a, like when you're listening to other people's spiritual stories and stuff?
1: I don't know. I. I, I, I still don't know. I, I think yeah, it's. I don't
0: know either,
1: but. I don't think it's good to just believe everybody right off the bat. I think what I do now is I hope that their experiences are true. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So instead of saying that's not true or that's completely true, I say I really hope that's true. Mm-hmm. And I really hope, I, I believe those things can happen. And they do happen. Yeah. And I hope their experience is completely genuine and there was no...
0: Exaggeration.
1: Exaggeration or no uh, misunderstanding or seeing a miracle where there was none. Uh, And I... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I, I try and be more believing now. Mm-hmm. I think my I think natural. I think my natural instinct is to be not cynical, but to be not speculative. What's a good word? Uh, is to to be academic, I guess. It when I am exposed to these ideas and to other people's experiences. Like skeptical. Skeptical. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. So. My natural tendency is to be skeptical and it's uh, I am naturally skeptical enough that I don't really need to worry about being more skeptical. For me with where I'm at right now, I need to work on being more uh, more believing and more trusting of other people's experiences. And I don't base, any like real spiritual actions of my own off of those spiritual experiences of others, if I do base a spiritual action of my own off of the experience of others, it's not because of their experience, it's because of a spiritual witness that is born to me by that the you, spirit as I hear true. their witness. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 So in all things, like I'm only acting on the witness given to me by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and other people's telling of their own spiritual experiences or of their own miracles is an opportunity for me to receive another witness by the Spirit. It's not a... I don't just take them for their word all the time, all the time in the sense of like... I don't ever do it in the sense of like making any actionable choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope it's true and... By hoping it's true, I find that I am more susceptible to the spirit witnessing to me what I should do with that experience. Or after hearing that experience. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I have to work on this constantly. It's definitely not I one of my strongest things. I think it's something suits. that
0: we all could work on. So
1: Well, I think we all, we're all going to struggle with the different aspects of this. I know some mm-hmm. people... Are some people very, are probably very
0: believing, and that's like like my very, mother's
1: like that. Like she's she's very believing, and she's very willing to share spiritual experiences very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm much more cynical and much less willing to share. I wouldn't say
0: person.
1: cynical. Don't say cynical. Okay, sorry. Skeptical. Not cynical. Skeptical. Sorry. I, I I mean skeptical.
0: Cynical is like. Like, evil and and grumpy.
1: Yeah, you're right. No, I'm much more skeptical by nature, and I am much less willing to share my own spiritual experiences. So, I spoke for long enough, so what's your next point? No, it's okay.
0: Um, Okay, so later he says, The Lord performs miracles to remind us of his power, of his love for us, and his reach from the heavens to our mortal experience, and his desire to teach us of that which is of the most worth. Um, I like that he kind of summed up maybe some of the the whys of why I guess why God gives us miracles, mm-hmm. um, and I just like keep having to remind myself that it's like it's not just to like it's not to bring someone back to life. It's not to cure a a, a disease or something all the time. That it's to remind us of His power and of His love. And to help us feel closer to heaven. And so, like, however that comes to us is a miracle. Yeah. Like, whatever comes with those reasons is a miracle.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And then I really like this next part. It says, There are times we hope for a miracle to heal a loved one, to reverse an unjust act, or to soften the hearts of a bitter or disillusioned soul. Looking at things through mortal eyes, we want the Lord to intervene, to fix what is broken. Through faith, the miracle will come, though not necessarily on our timetable or with the resolution we desire. Does this mean that we are less than faithful or do not merit His intervention? No, we are beloved of the Lord. He gave His life for us, and His atonement continues to release us from burdens and sin as we repent and draw closer to Him. And then later, He talks more about like that miracles come by our faith. But according to his will. So it's like, it doesn't, when miracles that we want to happen don't happen, it doesn't mean that we necessarily lacked faith or that we weren't righteous enough. There's no, I don't feel like the Lord sets this bar and is like, if you can like fill up your faith tank to this line, then the miracle will come. I don't think it's necessarily like that. Or like, if you can be righteous to this level, then you can like, ding, 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 here's this miracle. It's not like a...
1: Although... Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think it's one step more complicated than what okay. you're saying. But I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think I would just add an extra layer to that explanation. I think you're right in that we can't look at the receiving or the like the reception of the negation of a blessing mm-hmm. as an indication of our level of faith. Because I think there are times where we can be very faithful and not receive a, a miracle that we are requesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has nothing to do with our level of faith. It has everything to do with with what the Lord wants for us. Yes. But I also believe that certain blessings and certain miracles will come...
0: Probably require
1: more faith. Require more faith. Yeah. And so by that sense, there is like a...
0: Right, but it's know. nothing that you could, at least on earth, we can't measure.
1: Right. And so it's it's it is a true thing that the amount of faith will yield greater blessings and greater mm-hmm. miracles, but it's not a particularly useful bit of knowledge right. because, uh, because we can't really gauge when it's the Lord's will that has kept something away mm-hmm. or it's like our lack of faith. I mean, I guess you really can, though. Because if, if you're really in touch with the Lord and you're praying and like a, a blessing is withheld, but you feel the spirit, you can know that, okay, that was just a blessing that the Lord has not, or a miracle that the Lord has felt um, is inappropriate for me at this time, my progression.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what so, do you have to say to the person, or me? <laughs> or me? Who, uh, <laughs> I don't know, because I've thought about this a lot. We've talked about it on the podcast with, with regarding prayers. Like what's
1: the purpose of prayer?
0: But yeah, so like... If it's his will anyways, is our faithfulness really just for us, you think?
1: I would say that prayer is sometimes... Some, I think we frequently... And This is this is my opinion based off of my own study and my mm-hmm. own interaction with right. our Father in Heaven. So don't take this as doctrine or anything. Yeah. But <clears throat> based off of my opinion or my experience... We tend to look at prayer as one of two things, either one, uh, we pray and we get what we want, and so it's like a, you know, it's a buffet or it's a phone line or an order line or whatever it is, uh, or two, it is just something we do to change our own hearts, yeah. and the Lord's will is set in stone, and every decision He wants to make or ever anything he might do or or um think about doing has already been decided. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I think that there are big areas of our lives or there are like there are areas of our lives where the Lord has a specific will in place that's not going to change. Right. Because
0: um, it's hard for me to think like, "Oh, how could it be his will for us to have miscarriages?" or how could it be his will for you to not miraculously wake up with five toes on your foot. like. Right. But he sees the grand plan. He knows the bigger picture. Right. And
1: that's where faith comes in. We have to yeah. trust. That's and hard. And I, I, I think it's not as much about like he's deciding to make these things happen. It's it's a lot of him knowing what we need to experience and where, where he needs to step in because I don't think he's responsible for every bad thing that happens. Like, he's made this world, and, and it's a fallen world, and so there are lots of problems, and it's just part of this world, and it's part of the growing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has an understanding of where he is, he is going to step in. But I also think there's another area of our lives where he could step in, or he would step in, and it wouldn't alter his plan for us. Mm. And those are the areas where prayer can alter not just our hearts, but can invite miracles. That's what I think. um, Because I think especially the teachings of Christ in the New Testament make that apparent to me. I mean, the, the parable of the uh, of the widow and the, the judge, especially come to mind where he says, like a, a woman, I think he said, a, a widow went to a judge and complains to, to the judge. And the judge was like a wicked judge. And he's like, I don't, I'm not going to see your case. And so she went home and then she just kept coming back and basically pestering him. And finally he said, I don't even care if you're right. Like, I'm just going to rule in your favor. So you'll leave me alone and the lord gave that as an example of how we should pray <laughs> and so to me it shows that there is some there is some area in which the lord is willing to alter what he would do anyways right so like if he if he wasn't going to to intervene if you didn't pray, but if you pray with real faith and intent, he is going to intervene. So I I do think our prayers don't just change us. I do think that they invite miracles.
0: So we should pester him more.
1: Yes. He says to, to, to (laughs) cry unto him unceasingly. So
0: that's true. I I also just think of Joseph Smith though.
1: With what? When he
0: kept praying for Martin, Martin Harris to receive or to be able to take the, the manuscript and then, Heavenly Father kept saying no.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. He kept yeah, saying actually.
0: no, and then Joseph Smith kept praying, and he's like, "Fine, do it." And then Martin Harris lost the pages, and then it was like, mm, "See, lesson learned. Now this bad thing is happening to you."
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it was a, a great lesson that has blessed the yeah the lives of of generations and generations of members of the Church of Jesus You're Christ. Absolutely right. So. I don't know. Um, I I don't I don't understand. We don't it all. claim
0: to know everything on this podcast.
1: But I way. I think that the process, like unraveling the process, is yeah. is the point. Right. Right. And I think
0: pondering these things and thinking about them and trying to apply them to ourselves is yeah. Is and the purpose constantly
1: praying and that should be part of our question, right? Like when we pray and say, "If this be thy will," essentially what we're asking is. Father, like, is this one of those areas where you're willing to intervene? Like, Is this one of those areas where you are willing to like step in and make a difference? Or like, not make a difference, because you're always making a difference, but is this one of the areas, Father, where you are willing to step in and change things in a way that wouldn't happen naturally? Yeah. And that's what, to me, when we say, Father, thy will be done, that's what it's saying. That's at least partially what we're saying.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, do you have any last points before we Yes,
1: up? I do. So I have two last points. Okay. Uh, kind of on this idea, uh, piggybacking on my previous idea about uh, academic, the academic approach to things is to explain away mm-hmm. the unknowable. Yeah. It's to look for a natural explanation. Uh, there is a, a verse that... R- kind of struck me hard this past week as I've been pondering this stuff. It's in the the Book of Mormon, so not if you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, the Book of Mormon is kind of like the New Testament or the Old Testament. It's a collection of books of, from various prophets. But in the Book of Mormon, there is a book called the Book of Mormon. <laughs> so in that smaller Book of Mormon, chapter 9, verse 19 and 20 uh, this is talking about... I'll start at start 18. It says, And who shall say that Jesus Christ did not do many mighty miracles? And there were mighty, many mighty miracles wrought by the hands of the apostles. And if there were miracles wrought then, why has God ceased to be a God of miracles, and yet be an unchangeable being? And behold, I say unto you, He changeth not... If so, he would cease to be God, and he ceaseth not to be God, and is a God of miracles. And the reason why he ceaseth to do miracles among the children of men is because they did, or they dwindle in unbelief and depart from the right way and know not the God in whom they should trust. And so, so the I,
0: more that we doubt and disbelieve and explain away, then the less we're going to have the miracles. fewer miracles
1: there would be. But what really stood out to me is why, if we are secularly, or if we are Academically minded believers, because I think you can have academically minded believers. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so, because I am generally an <laughs> academically minded believer. Uh, why would we want miracles to be, or to to why would we want there to be fewer miracles? And and when we try and explain away miracles, we're not like overtly saying that we want there to be no miracles, but we're acting as if there are no miracles.
0: Or we're trying to give reasons to them. And
1: right. And yeah. so so we're, we're basically trying to give uh, flesh to the idea that there are no miracles anymore. Mm. And why would we want there to be no miracles? Because if there are no more miracles, we are fulfilling the requirements of there being a world without miracles, which is uh, they we that we are a people that dwindle in unbelief and depart from the right way and know not the God in whom they should trust. No. So we want there to be miracles, and so if we want there to be miracles, we should look for miraculous explanations. Yeah. And right. again, it's 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 a slippery slope because we don't want to give way or we we don't want to abandon reason, but there has to be that tension. In, in political philosophy we call this the tension between Jerusalem and Athens. Hmm. So the 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 tension between revelation and reason. Right. These are Athens like the birthplace of philosophy, natural science, reasoning and and Jerusalem was kind of like the embodiment of Of revelation and so there there needs to be this tension between the two because if you abandon one for the sake of the other you lose so much of the entirety of the gospel of jesus christ or the the approach of god and so i i feel that tension and i don't think it's meant to be fully resolved maybe it is but I think it's meant to be this tension that we're constantly having to check ourselves, mm-hmm. and maybe people who are more righteous and and farther along the covenant path than I am have found a space where they feel no tension, but I do, and I I'm not sorry that I feel I think it's it's it constantly pushes me to um, to better myself, and I have one other thing that I really liked. Oh, no, I'm still in Mormon. Sorry. Okay, at the very end, this was really cool for me. Um, so this is actually a verse in Isaiah. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, oh, neither yeah. are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And oh, I, I, th- I I, thought about this for a long time. And before this past week, when I've been pond- when I've pondered this verse, or when i read this verse, I thought about it in terms of, oh, God's ways are not our ways. Um, because we're just not like him. We're, we're like we're imperfect, and eventually, if we are, you know, if we are righteous enough, we will be. We will be. Our, we will his, his ways will ways. be our ways, right? Yeah. And I think in in one sense that is true, but in another sense, I think his ways are are always going to be different from ours. Um, and he, and I haven't really fleshed this idea out a lot, so if it sounds half-baked, it's because you are entirely correct. I'm an idiot and (laughs) half-baked. But his ways are higher than our ways doesn't just refer to him being more righteous than us. Um, I think it refers to this idea that We are never going to be able to guess his will.
0: Uh,
1: It's not something that we'd ever be able to study the scriptures long enough without without the Spirit, or even with the Spirit as you're studying, and be able to say, you know what, based off of how God has acted in all of his situations, I know how he's going to act in this situation.
0: Right. Well, he can see every single person's big picture, so...
1: Well, and I think, again, what I'm trying to say is, like, if you were to examine every aspect of a person's life, Mm -hmm. from beginning to end, every finite detail, you could realistically make good guesses about how a person would act in certain situations. Okay. And because God is so big... And awesome and complex and, and everything that he is, there is no way that we could, even if we studied every interaction that we have recorded of his dealings with his children, that we could determine what he would do in any situation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So in that way, he is unknowable. just in that sense, not saying we can't know him personally, but like we're never going to be able to guess what he's going to do.
0: That's interesting. I would have never thought about that on my own. Uh,
1: I I think it's, at least not reliably, but the key is we can find out what he wants and what he would do.
0: Through seeking personal revelation. Through
1: personal revelation. And so revelation then has to be received on a, like, situation-by-situation basis. So you can't receive a revelation for, like, this is how I should act in this situation always. Because that's not the way the Lord works. Like, the Lord's so hyper-individualized that, like, you cannot know how he would act in every situation. You have to receive revelation upon revelation, day-by-day, situation-by-situation. So I love that. I thought that was a that was a really cool.
0: That's really cool. I would have never insight. thought about that. That's
1: really cool. So, I, and I think it's interesting he was telling that to a prophet. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, haven't, I didn't go through and reread that the context of that chapter in Isaiah.
0: Yeah, I don't know who he's talking to.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't want to actually say he was speaking to I, like like speaking to Isaiah there. He might have been speaking through Isaiah to somebody else. So I need to go back and reread that. But that's Isaiah chapter fifty five. If you want a good interesting study to see who the lord was speaking with when he made that that comment because it'd be really interesting if you were speaking to a prophet saying like like you're not gonna get you're not gonna be able to like guess even a
0: prophet thing. won't know exactly like, yeah
1: like so. you need revelation yeah like, like it's not enough to have the scriptures it's not enough to have the written record like you need ongoing revelation otherwise you can't know
0: mm-hmm. yeah so i like that
1: do you have a love less than love?
0: Yes. I have a less than love, actually. Oh, okay. I the mic. My less than love is um, baby hiccups inside my tummy. I love feeling the baby move and, like, jab and punch and roll and all that. But, like, for some reason, the hiccups drive me crazy. It's, like, the rhythmic, like
1: like Chinese water torture. Like tor-
0: I don't... Trip. What?
1: Chinese water torture? What? You ever heard of that?
0: No. What is that?
1: So it's when they like... I believe this actually did t- take place in China. Like it's not just like a racist thing. People call it Chinese water torture. It might be. If it is, I'm sorry. But I don't know. Uh, or like they would... Um, they tie you down and they have this container of water. Oh, that, th- they, that they like drip to, it on your to head or drip something? drip in like a rhythmic pattern for like a really long time and it like drips on your forehead
0: yeah it's basically like drives people crazy of it i'm like oh my gosh like stop it right now (laughs) but yeah i mean i i really love watching watching the movements from the outside i think it's really awesome and some people are super freaked out by that but i really like watching it i just can't Sometimes,
1: sometimes it's a little freaky
0: it is occasionally very freaky. It's like, wow, that limb is poking way outside Yeah. of where it should. Especially if I'm,
1: like, <laughs> or asleep and I wake up to this thing, like, crawling on my back. Yeah. I feel, it feels like he's it crawling. It feels like,
0: yeah, like paws or something. Yeah, it's like, weird. Yeah.
1: It's kind of weird. Anyways,
0: that's my less than love is the
1: hiccups. My love is how much Emily loves our new bed frame.
0: Oh, my gosh, I love it. Yeah. We have been sleeping since we moved here. We've been having our, like, our mattress. We've
1: been having... We've, we've, been,
0: we've had...
1: I wonder where Hiram gets that. I'm sorry. That's exactly how Hiram formulates his sentences.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so since we lived here, since we moved here, we...
1: Ever since we have moved here, we have been <laughs> sleeping... Or we, we've we been... How does it say it? We, I
0: can't speak any language. Like we, we, we be sleeping? We... Now I can't even sleep. We
1: have been <laughs> sleeping on the ground. Which had we had a a match or a bed frame that was basically just like it was on the ground. ground. Yeah.
0: So we bought a new bed frame and it's up so, above the ground. Poor little and
1: pregnant Emily didn't have to like, hoist
0: myself up <laughs> to go pee four times a night. <laughs> um it's so amazing it's beautiful yeah. and it's perfect and i love not having to like roll out of bed onto the floor and then get on my knees and then stand up yeah
1: <laughs> and i also like it but i love like my my love is how much emily likes it loves well you're about.
0: so sweet i love you i love you too all right
1: anything else okay.
0: no that's it
1: all right everybody we love you if you have enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please feel free to share them with your friends, post them to your Instagram story, all those good things. Leave us a review, as always. Leaving us a review is really one of the nice things that you can do for us. It's like, it's super, it's super, what's the word?
0: Nice.
1: It's very (laughs) nice.
0: Also, when you screenshot it and share it on Instagram stories, that's super nice, too, and it helps a lot. Yeah. So.
1: It's just really satisfying. Cause like, I, I I kind of forget how many people share things to their stories. A lot of people do that. Uh, not nearly as many people leave reviews. Right. And the nice thing about reviews is that I can go back forever and reread them, whereas stories gonna disappear. It's
0: kind of encouraging. So. so please,
1: if you are feeling extra kind, uh, and you want to do something nice for Emily because she's beautiful and pregnant hey, hey, and hey, hey. taking so much time out of her day to do this. Oh my goodness. Uh, Leave us a review and comment on about how wonderful Emily is. That'd be nice. Okay. All right. <laughs> this
0: is uncomfortable. We
1: love you guys. Keep the faith.
0: Bye.